0: ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the couch chiefs podcast where we give a young fan's perspective of all things nascar uh today we talk about dirt bristol and levi ha- how are we doing buddy
1: yep i'm levi fan of the which hendrick driver finished highest last week not josh barry i know that uh <laughs> fan of kyle larson and uh yeah no it was um I can't wait for all the crew chiefs to be back at Martinsville. So, yeah.
0: Weird cuz that's not your Discord name. Larson fan 5. No, it's Bowman fan 48. Okay. Look, don't, it, it, don't let it be the misconception.
1: It, it, it fluctuates, man. It fluctuates anyway.
0: Look, it depends on which driver finishes the highest. Right? Exactly.
1: You're right. You're right.
0: Which speaking of, Hendrick, I know we got a guest here, but um yeah, Speaking yeah. Of Hendrick, of uh <laughs> how how are we feeling on uh, Chase Elliott coming back to Martinsville cuz it just got announced like 4 hours ago.
1: I man, I look at it from a different perspective as not as a Hendrick fan, but as a NASCAR fan as a whole like this is going to be helping TV ratings out cuz I don't know if you've seen ratings, but I just somebody actually told me to look at it earlier this week and uh They actually haven't been good. Vegas hit the hardest, because that was actually the first race he missed. And you could tell it. So, I think for TV ratings, it's going to be great that he's back. So, TV ratings and also for ticket sales, because I don't know if you've seen, but every single track, uh, Dover, their Instagram page, uh, Charlotte, theirs, I think Martinsville, the same thing. They all post that Chase is coming back, because they know that's going to fluctuate ticket sales. So, Uh, Yeah, it's big that he comes back.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, we have a guest. This came at, like, not the last second, but pretty much the week in advance. I was like, you know what? We got a dirt race coming up. I know of a dirt driver. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is my friend Evan Garvey. Uh, Evan, uh, as you so so badly wanted to be on this podcast, um, please – tell everybody who you are and also list off your resume that you gave me that, you know, <laughs> that that you sent me. So go ahead, <laughs> spew it out, go for it, rock with
2: it. Well, unfortunately I'm not a couch. I'm not on a couch. I'm not a couch either, but unfortunately I'm not on a couch. I'm on a, on a racing sim. Will that work?
0: Uh, I mean, well, sure. Sure. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay, good um hey everybody uh my name is evan garvey i'm a i'm a professional driver i've been driving since i was six years old i've raced a little bit of everything from quarter midgets go-karts bandoleros legend cars dabbled in some USAC midget stuff including the chili bowl um raced late models late model trucks legend cars you name it i've i've done it so um I was joking with Summers the other day. I was like, "You better get me on this podcast. You better bring me on. I want to talk and talk to all the people out there. Say <laughs> hello. Say hello to the whole wide world." Well, but, I um,
0: you.
2: great weekend yes. do as well. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Uh, a lot of roller coaster of emotion. And I promise you. After the first episode we had with Cameron, uh, you bet that he was the first person to ask. Um, even though he wasn't other work we had a lot of people asking and he was the one that pretty much brought up his resume and said will this do and i was like yes it will your vip membership is valid anyway
1: so <laughs> and also getting the, into the weekend
0: fun. It's only dirt. one to put in a
1: resume as well. Only person to put in a resume, so he does get brownie points. So,
0: <laughs> yes, he is our first and probably only guest we'll ever send in a resume to say, "Hey, I want to be on your podcast." He's very. So congratulations! You very. Get you get a cookie. Exactly. Thank, you.
2: Yes. thank you, thank you, thank so you, ladies anyway, and gentlemen. I'm here.
0: Uh, yes, yes, he is. <laughs>
2: I made it officially on the
0: couch. Yeah, bring out the champagne and confetti. <laughs> Anyways, it is Dirt Bristol this week. Um, Evan, you've obviously talked about that you have experience with a lot of things. Um, what, uh, what notable dirt racing have you done in uh, your career?
2: Um, I guess I could say the most notable would be the Chili Bowl. Um, I raced it in 2021. Or no, 2022. Sorry. January of 2022 with Corey Kruzman, um, Sprint Car Hall of Famer. Uh, drove the 15k and had a blast I mean that was by far my favorite experience driving a race car my whole career it was a phenomenal experience with the parade of states and being able to go out and represent North Carolina and, and California was a really cool experience being able to be there learn talk to all the big name drivers and go out and race against them it was really cool and I only had 40 laps of experience in a USAC Midget going into that event and going out there and running with so little experience in such a big stage in front of hundreds of thousands of people was definitely a little spooky, but it was, it was definitely the most fun I've ever had in a race car and ended up on my lid, but it, it was definitely worth the time, the money and the, uh, the effort getting there. So
1: it was definitely worth ending up on your lid. Okay. Good to know.
2: <laughs> definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah one, i mean it's not the best part but i mean hey it's it's the experience worth remembering absolutely um, i'm also of,
2: doing sorry i'm also doing oh, no, some dirt lay model stuff the end of this year next year we'll be running uh great dirt lay model stuff as well so
0: so more dirt experience yes so speaking of lids and no i um don't mean like lids on bottle caps but greenhouses levi do you have any experience with greenhouses?
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> thanks bud for going to me first um yeah so if you haven't heard uh basically hendrick got penalized again this time for the greenhouses on the cars which is basically yeah i'm uh, i'm not surprised i think this was nascar's way of they, they knew something is going on with Hendrick's cars. I mean, we've talked about it with Cameron whenever he was on for Atlanta. We know these teams are cheating. And I think for Hendrick, you can definitely tell by their speed, they've got a little something different than everybody else. And they thought it was the Louvers, or they at least penalized Hendrick for the Louvers. But again, with the appeals penalty, basically giving their points back, I think NASCAR was trying to find anything with the car. Um and they basically pulled the 24 the 48 to R and D and yeah, evidently the greenhouse whatever was wrong with it. We have no idea uh what was wrong with it. There's no transparency on that, but evidently something was um manufactured with, messed with illegally, and they penalized him for it. So uh it was only I think what 60 points, I believe, for um, Bowman and Byron both.
0: I think um, no, it was 75.
1: 75 I think yeah maybe
0: I'm thinking of Justin Haley but no you're thinking um,
1: yeah it was only 60 which (laughs) what I loved was um I was listening to DVC and it sounded like they decided to not do the appeals because they feel like they still you know came out on the positive end of you know only losing 60 points instead of the 100 that they technically lost at um you know with the louvers so yeah I kind of hate that they didn't do the appeals but at the same time I think they just want to you know at this point move on and you know <laughs> get, get NASCAR off their case right now
0: see i think it also in my opinion too the reason why they didn't do the appeal only because that if they win it again NASCAR's going to try to find another excuse to exactly. get it but um, exactly we definitely got levi's opinion on it and uh certainly mine too uh would you like to comment uh dear guest of what you think about the situation
2: yeah absolutely um and I think Levi kind of hit the hit the nail on the head with it. Every team's got something they're doing. And the old adage that people used to say in racing is, you, you cheat 60 things on your car, tech finds one. You still got 59 things to make your car faster. And we know every team in NASCAR is doing this. They find loopholes, and it's just a good old gray area. And so and I think, like what Levi said, he's right. I think NASCAR is trying to find... What they were looking for, what's making them faster? Because this, the next gen car is supposed to be a spec car. It's supposed to be a car that makes it an even playing field. And you can't write everything in your rule book, you know, it'd go on for years. So the teams, they have people who just sit there and find things on the rules to find loopholes around and find gray areas and to find ways that they won't get caught to do things. And so They got 65 things cheated on their car or a little gray area on their car. And NASCAR goes, oh, well, it's, it's this. And then they appeal it and then they go and try and find something else. So I think at this point they're going to cut their losses and just stick with what they got. But yeah, I think Levi did really get that point right on that. And I do think that there's still more stuff going on, but it just all depends on if it'll be found.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah, I don't really think there's much more to say on it other than the points have been made. Um, Hopefully, this is the last time we'll see a Hendrick penalty. But yet again, NASCAR. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we'll see a nervous Hendrick man over there.
1: Who's the competition director, Chad Uh, (laughs) Canals? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Fingers crossed. Please, no, not another one.
0: Um so now we move on to the main entree which is Bristol dirt. Uh before we talk about the the races that went on, um Evan obviously we've talked about your dirt experiences and um what you've participated in uh for um for an outsider's perspective, yes, you haven't raced Bristol dirt. Uh maybe on iRacing but not the actual thing itself. Uh, What are your thoughts on Bristol Dirt? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? What are your opinions on the track itself?
2: On the track itself, it's very conducive to good racing. Um, As you saw in the event that we just saw, it was like there's a lot of slide jobs. There's a lot of three, four wide racing, a lot of side-by-side, a lot of action, a lot of lead changes and things like that. And I think that track, just the way it's structured and the way it it grooves in and the way the dirt changes, I think it's actually very, very good for that style of racing, um, especially with the banking and everything. Now, as we all noticed, there weren't a lot of people there in the stands. Everybody complains about the dust or whatever. I think also cup cars just aren't made to go on dirt. So they're running around Bristol dirt slower than the hobby stocks are going around on a regular weekend there running the Bristol dirt. And so these cars are literally crawling around this racetrack. I think that's where a lot of people's complaints come in watching Bristol dirt is not necessarily the racing aspect, at least live and being there in person. I don't think it's necessarily the track or it's the racing. I think personally, I think it's just the speed of the cars. They're not dirt cars. They're not specifically designed to go around that racetrack on dirt. You know, personally, I love it. I think it's the best race they've had all year i think that was one of the best races they've had in a couple years and just because of the the proximity of the cars the ability to run from the bottom the middle in between or straight on the wall like you saw christopher bell and chase briscoe doing for the last 30 40 laps just putting their right rear quarter panel on the wall and dragging it around and i think personally i love it i love that kind of racing I love that aspect of racing, and I think it was a very skillful drive by Christopher Bell, and I think that's what we need to see more of in NASCAR to bring it back to where it needs to be.
0: I think also to add on your point there, too, is um, not only do those factors of being in the stands uh, add to that factor, but you also have to think about it. We are during the weekend of Easter Sunday. Um that's also another thing to take consideration in because of if it were any other weekend, I think there would have been a really good crowd on hand. Or if you moved it a day back on a Saturday, just saying. But even though they're in a TV, TV deal right now, um, I can see why the schedule's a little funky. Um, yeah. To add another question uh, to what I just asked you, um, would you like to see more of bristol dirt in the future or would you like a variety of going to actual dirt tracks such as i-55 eldora knoxville and all these actual um actual dirt tracks uh besides bristol dirt and levi uh when he's done with this you uh if you want to throw your two cents in um about it you can go ahead
1: Thanks, Bud. I've just been hanging out in your corner from last week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now you know how I felt with Wyatt. Okay. <laughs> exactly.
1: Your corner is actually kind of cozy. I didn't realize it. Wow. <laughs> See,
0: look. Is
2: there that a couch you? over there?
0: Yeah. What? Well, <laughs> <do you> know? <laughs>
2: oh. That's crazy. Um, yeah. No, I think that there should be more of an aspect that it puts it more on the drivers instead of on the car. And so, yes, in answer to your question, I think there should be more of it and i do think that they should they should go to other tracks as well similar to what the truck series did where they had two or three dirt races something like that on the schedule um i think it's i think it's a touchy subject though because you got to find the right dirt track you know like i55 is not built to house a nascar crowd or nascar haulers like you're not going to be able to fit Thirty-five NASCAR haulers in the bottom, that amount of crowd, and that amount of TV, everything you're you're just not going to be able to fit that much there. And then the dirt tracks that are like Eldora or Knoxville, even Knoxville's pushing it. Anything there's only thirty-five thousand seats available. Um, with those tracks, I personally I like the higher banks on dirt because, like I said before. These cars, they're not meant to be dirt cars. They're not meant to race on dirt. They're not designed for it, and so they go really slow. The banking helps them keep their speed up throughout the track. When you go to a track like Eldora or you go to a track, Eldora's a little better, but if you go to a track like Knoxville, you crawl around this racetrack because the cars aren't designed to do it, and so when there's less banking, you really have to bog it down for the corners. You really have to slow down, and that just again, takes another step back from the wow factor if you're there live, because you're looking at them going, well, I drove into the parking lot slower than this, or faster than this, like, why am I paying to watch this? And so it has to be a balance of finding the right track, and I think that's why they've landed on Bristol Dirt, is because it's the right track for the car, and the right track to host the crowd, the haulers, the crew, the TV, everything. But in answer to your question, yes, I do think that there should be more dirt races, but I think it's going to be a struggle finding the right track to do it. But if they can find the right track, absolutely. Levi.
1: Yeah, I, I'm almost kind of surprised with everything you're saying, uh, because from what I've heard, at least from different, you know, podcasts, from different drivers' opinions and everything, they want off the dirt. <laughs> like, they want off of it. They're, I think they're done with it, Right. Yeah, because you
2: see guys like Jonathan Davenport, who's a career dirt racer, arguably the best in the game, he self-spins. It's like, because, again, the cars are not designed to do that. Exactly. Where it's good TV, it's really difficult on drivers. Same with Kyle Larson. Oh, anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah, no, like,
1: I thought, honestly, I thought it was actually really a showing of kind of a driver skill honestly because like you know it, it's almost like it took the whole arrow aspect out of it and more or less put in mechanical mm-hmm. grip, more of the driver's skill right so I did like that aspect but it's like can, can we do without the dirt though because like another problem is is that we are losing a good short track by putting dirt on top of Bristol that's one problem I do have with doing dirt Bristol but even then, i've seen it before you know we even did the whole dirt thing were there fans actually coming out to the daytime bristol race no like i mean that was literally probably one of the lower attendances we've been getting recently with bristol uh has been the day race because nobody wants to show up for it it's also kind of a crappy time to kind of come uh to a racetrack as well and during that time it always rains during the uh, during that weekend or whatever but then you get it on easter as well and guess what Not as many people people even showed up to this one as well, which is just not as great. Even viewership for this race was down um, a little bit. So we had only 3.5 million viewers down from last year, which was 4 million, um, which even then, if you remember this weekend or last weekend was the Masters as well, the Masters got in 12 million viewers, meaning that we barely even got even a fourth over of what the Masters brought in that day so definitely not a great look but at the same time though as you said evan i mean it was one of the better races though i think sure yeah. there were a lot of caution and,
2: and i got a lot of, and like i said i was very critical of it i yeah. love it i want to see more of that that is so cool i love the aspect of dirt i like the aspect of it being a challenge for these drivers they do the same tracks over and over and over and over and over again and it gets easy for them it gets Repetitive for the fans. I I, think, I absolutely loved Bristol Dirt. That was an amazing race. There that was great. I yeah. think we need to see more of it. I just wanted to clarify that I'm not criticizing it. Oh, because yeah. Because yeah. I liked it. I'm criticizing it because I like it and I just want to see more of it, but just a little bit fine-tuned.
1: Exactly. Because I mean, even then, I think the drivers would love to have, you know, the windshields taken out. I think they would love yeah. to have some different things changed on the car to actually make it, you know, kind of feel more like a dirt race, right? Absolutely. Which which I think if you're going to do a dirt race, if NASCAR is going to go full in on this dirt idea, you got to go full in on this dirt idea. You can't, you know, be going in kind of halfway and be like, okay, well, we're kind of going to do a dirt race, but we're kind of not going to. It's like, (laughs) if you're going to do it, you got to go all in. You got to either take the windshields out. You got to do what the drivers kind of want to make this thing feel right.
2: Allow a little more suspension, allow things exactly. for the car to handle better, allow for more speed around the racetrack. You know, I mean, they can exactly. let you do these things without forfeiting NASCAR. Heck, without anybody really even having to know. Exactly. You know, like, the only one that would be visible would be, the, would be the windshield. And I think that's a huge point, is, like, if you could take the windshield off, you could run in a lot more wetted down of a track. The exactly. last people would complain about dust. Because if you take the... Take the water truck out on the track and run a, run it down with a lot more wet and tacky. The racing gets ten times better. The speed picks up. Everything picks up, right? the The drier the track is, everything will slow down. Even with dirt cars, uh, purpose built dirt cars. You know, you look at sprint cars or World Outlaws late models, Lucas Oil Pro late models, things like that, or super late models. Sorry, you look at things like that. When the track gets dusty and dry, it all slows down. Everything will always slow down, and when you're trying to run a car that's not designed for it on the slowest type of track, it's just going to be super slow. Not to be redundant, but it's just going to be super slow. It's great. You get slow cars plus slow (laughs) track equals
0: slow. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 550 horsepower, you know.
2: But if they wet the track down and allowed you to go without a windshield and actually run tear-offs, you know, but you get your every... 100 laps or whatever you get a uh, a competition caution drivers can just throw a new stack of tear-offs on and most of those drivers at that point a lot of them won't even run tear-offs when they're running a regular car like you just wipe your visor like it's not necessity Yep. it's nice but it's not a necessity so it's like it's not like you'd run out of tear-offs and oh no you die because you can't see you got a windshield in front of you it's just yeah. as bad as getting dirt on your visor. Like, there's no reason. I think NASCAR's reasoning is you get hit in the face with something. Run bars and mesh. You know, like that's what a lot of dirt guys are doing now because some people were getting tires through the windshield or whatever. Is they put bars, and then they'd put mesh on top of the bars, and so you get small stuff wouldn't come through, and then the big stuff wouldn't come through either. And I think that would be honestly stronger. A bunch of metal bars, like basically roll cage would be a lot stronger in of itself than just a regular windshield, you know?
0: And, and so, I feel like even then, too, um, NASCAR does have the resources. You've got a bunch of guys in the field and also other series around you that has the experience. You've got people like Kyle Larson, Ricky Stenhouse, Christopher Bell. You've got all those guys that have had dirt experiences to help you say, hey, here's what I think. If we're really wanting to go all in on this idea We can tell you the reason why you should do this kind of setup instead of doing what we normally run every weekend, no matter where we go. And, you know, you can also look at it from a Dirt late model. You can also look at those, too. I mean, even Dirt Street Stocks, you know, they have their own way, but it still works, you know. And
2: it shows it works because they'll run faster around there than the cup cars. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um. So obviously we've we've had our thoughts about uh, good old good old Bristol dirt, and I feel like really um this third race for Bristol dirt in general, I think helped a lot because the racing was good. Now in the Truck Series, it was just a good old simple run around the bottom like a normal uh concrete uh Bristol race. Um, we have seen the domination of Joey Logano. Uh, with uh, part-time spotter Ryan Blaney, so that that was pretty sick. Um, if did uh, you ever watch the truck race, Evan, or did just the cup?
2: I I watched bits and pieces of the truck race. Um, I was working when the truck race was going on, so I wasn't able to watch all of it. But I think a lot of what had to do with the trucks running the bottom too like yes yes the track was not as good on friday or on saturday i guess whatever day they were running the trucks it it was saturday yeah it was not as good on saturday but i think partially some of that is the comfort level of the drivers there are a lot less dirt racers in the truck series right now than there are in cup you know you got your christopher bell chase briscoe ricky Stenhouse. Heck, Jonathan Davenport, Kyle Larson. I mean, the list goes on. In the truck series, there's far less career dirt drivers in that race where they're going to be less comfortable reaching out to go run the top, to go put that right rear quarter panel and drag the wall like you saw Christopher do the last 100 laps. And so when they're going to get into their comfort zone and run the bottom, which coming from experience, when you're uncomfortable, the last thing you want to do is be an inch from the wall dragon actually hitting the wall um let alone the less durable bodies of the trucks i think they all took the comfortable way and ran the bottom where they had the most room for error and where they were all comfortable and when they ran the bottom it worked that bottom in so much that it actually started taking rubber and so guys like jonathan davenport that were in the race or or career dirt drivers or guys at least that kind of had that upbringing they're not going to go reach and branch out to some new line when the bottoms basically are driving around on an asphalt track because there's so much rubber on the track and it's so packed down because you've got 30 trucks running the bottom the whole time just run there you know and then that's going to be non-conducive to good racing because you've got one groove and you try and branch out and you're going to lose half a tenth every two seconds like there's no point in Branching out if you know you're not going to be able to take a pass. you know, so I think that has a lot to do with it. But I will say on Sunday, Bristol did a phenomenal job of prepping that track and getting it ready and getting it done because it was awesome. Like that track was good. you watched the way it came in, everything that was phenomenal.
1: yep, very good. Um, I will say for the truck race, this was like, I think one of the first times that the stage one, the top three in stage one, stage two, and stage three, were all the same, uh, the exact same Logano, um, Majeski, and Byron finished one, two, three in each stage. So it wasn't really the most, um, entertaining yeah. race per se, for sure. But at the same time, I mean, it's the truck series. I mean, and, and yeah. you got guys running in the truck series, of course, they're gonna rise to the top. But shout out to Ty Majeski for running up there with those guys. I thought that was absolutely huge for him. Great it's a booster, right? So every little bit helps, but, um, <laughs> yeah, for Port Lugano, though, that experience in the truck race didn't really help out in the cup race, I think <laughs> the yeah, pace.
0: that didn't, <laughs> I do want to make a side note for the truckers, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the highlight, but, uh, I think it was, it, it was at the end of stage two, or, uh, maybe under caution, I don't know what happened, but Jonathan Davenport was in the pits, and he was like, hey, can I see my tires, because he just wanted to make sure, like, everything was good on the truck so one of the picker members put a tire in the middle in the front of <laughs> his driving view and so that way he could check the tire and i'm like so why we forget the kerchief on the top of the box it's just you <laughs> now. <I thought laughs> on that, that like <laughs> the best part
2: on that jonathan is a phenomenal tire guy like he is he always cuts his own tires jonathan davenport this is something that's kind of coming from inside that world is jonathan davenport's always cut his own tires? That's his thing. And if you've ever seen somebody cut dirt tires, it's a painstaking process. It takes forever and it's very intricate. You can create your own cuts like they'll let you do anything you want. As long as you don't soak your tires, you can do anything you want to them cutting wise. So you come up with these cuts for reasons of, oh, we want this grip. We want this way, this, this, this. And so Jonathan Davenport's always cut his own tires. So he knows dirt tires like the back of his hand. And so when he asked to see that tire in front of him, he just wanted to see, okay, because he's ran that track a hundred times. He knows how those tires wear, how they should be wearing. And so when he's like, yeah, show it to me, he saw it. And I guarantee you in his brain, he's like, oh, okay. So now I know Now I know what I need to do for this, 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 this. And it clicked 400 things in his brain and brought them all together.
1: That's so cool. That's so mm-hmm. cool. That
0: is really cool. Uh, well, I guess we can move on to the main event because... Uh, it that's uh it's a lot to tackle. Um, where do we where do we start first?
1: You want to talk about Kyle Larson?
0: <laughs> uh yeah, we want to talk about how you know he was like my main guy for my picks, and uh, then it just went straight to Hades.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know if you saw, but I put in my notes. I can't wait for Cliff Daniels to be back because. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if you heard Larson's radioactive. He asked, yes, he asked if we could keep the same tires on there. And I was like, uh, is that smart? Like you realize after stage two, if you don't put any tires on there, you can't pit for tires the whole rest of the race. Like, okay. For those that don't know for Bristol dirt for that race, there's no competitive pit stops. Like you can't, you know, come back in, you know, do, uh, tire changes at any point besides during the stage breaks. So, yeah. kind of wish Cliff was up there to kind of, you know, <laughs> tell him, uh, maybe not. Let's, let's maybe not do that.
2: Uh, I can see where he's coming from with it. I think that might not have worked so bad if he hadn't tried to overdrive it. I think that would have actually been a pretty I, smart choice.
1: I think so. And, and the bo- the broadcast was talking about, like, you know, the fuel load with the tire wear and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, I... Again, it's one of those things that, like you never know, but I think yeah, I think he was definitely overdriving it. But yeah. um, the first part, so backing up a little bit to kind of start off what really happened with Larson and Priest, right? So Larson coming off of four puts Priest into the wall, basically puts him in a position to where he either needs to lift or, you know, hit the wall. And well, Priest hits the wall. Uh, problem is, throughout the race, Priest, I think they said the toe was out or whatever. The toe link uh, was damaged and then as the race went on, I think it somehow got worse and I think it, you know, it got really badly damaged, spun out or whatever, and they had to come down the pits. Priest was not very happy. So when he found Larson uh, next time, you know, around the track or whatever, yeah, yeah, he sent him. He sent him and for good reason too. I mean, I I don't blame him, but um, listening to the radio was funny since the whole Denny Hamlin thing. He basically said, uh, "Yeah, it got a little loose there," and I'm like, "No, you, didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't, my
0: friend." <laughs> Which we will get to, you know, in a few minutes.
1: I'll let you get that back. So it happened. <laughs> in, <laughs> happened in stage two, and then Priest it just fumbled. Like for Priest, it just got worse. I mean, I think the The first wall hit wasn't what did it in per se for the toe link; it just damaged it, and then I think something happened later on. He hit somebody or something later on to where finally it let loose. That's when you know he basically is done for the day, so all he's trying to do is just find Larson at that point
2: So well, i I don't know i don't I don't think that first impact was that hard now like i'm a i'm a I do like Kyle Larson um I respect him for how. Good of a driver, he is and like he's showed he's talented, and I'll fully admit when he's wrong. Like what he did to Chase Elliott last year that, that was wrong. <laughs> which time, <laughs>
1: yeah, which <laughs> um, time, first or second?
2: <laughs> I will say, I think in California, what he did to Chase Elliott that was wrong. That was, I mean, it's racing, like people beat each other up all the time on track, you know, like that's racing. You know, if you want it to be a show where it's just Formula One, you know, it's then go watch Formula One. If you want it to be stock car racing, I mean the hardest stock car racing is going out and using the chrome horn, using your bumper, pushing people out of the way. That's why they're full body stock cars. That's why they have things covering their wheels. So you can use the bumper, right? Without launching someone in, up over the catch fence like you would in Formula One or IndyCar. I don't think what he did, it's dirt racing. Uh, Ryan Priest got a better run off the corner than Kyle thought he would. He was clear up until he got to the wall. Realistically, Ryan Priest shouldn't have stuck his nose in there. Yes, that's a racing incident. That's not a, oh, Kyle Larson just says I need to get out of the way. No, he threw a slide up. He had you clear. You see him coming up to the wall. Don't try and stuff your nose in there. What do you think is going to happen? You can't really make an aggressive change of direction on dirt. You turn your wheels. You're not going to just hook left, especially in a cup car that yeah. that's just a racing incident you know like that's not a oh he intentionally put me in the wall or oh he did this but at the same time if you're going to get raced like if you're going to race and you're going to actually throw moves like that and you're going to be aggressive expect somebody to drive you back aggressively like i i just that's my two cents on that first incident i really don't think that was i know it wasn't intentional but i don't think either driver did anything wrong i think that was just a genuine racing incident like you saw I think it was Briscoe and Bush. It may have been somebody other than Briscoe, but it was those two up in the front when Bush got pushed in the wall. Just a racing incident. That one was uh, even...
0: Dylan and Bush.
2: Yeah, Dylan and Bush. Thank you. When Dylan got up into Bush, that was a way more aggressive of a move. That was a way more Hail Mary, sent it to the fence, last lap move with 150 laps to go. And Kyle Busch, being Kyle Busch, and everybody knows he's a hothead, he didn't even have a problem with that. Like he knows it's dirt racing. Like he got in there a little. Oh, I'm a little hot, and he's probably got the wheel cocked all the way left. Nothing he can do. You know, like at that point, you're just kind of along for the ride. And I think Kyle bush actually understood that, whereas Ryan Priest took it as a, oh, how dare he? And like again, I don't think, I don't think either driver did anything wrong. I think it was just a racing incident, and I think NASCAR needs more of that. I think they need to allow more racing allow more temper and just get the excitement back into it because if it's just formula one people are going to go watch formula one because there's no excitement and there's no specialness to nascar if you've got them like at this point they're like oh track boundaries basically you know if you take it to the the extremes everybody's just going to go watch formula one because the cars are going way faster and it's that's what that's built on is the respect the don't touch other cars, you know, but if you go here to NASCAR, you want to watch people beat each other up on the racetrack, you know, you want to watch vendors get torn in, you want to watch wrecks. And I think if people get penalized for wrecks, where's the fun in it? Yeah. You know, not yeah. condoning wrecking, not condoning things like that. Yeah. I think there should be a level of respect and you know, you don't hook somebody's right rear, but I think there should be more rubbing. There should be more being able to rub up against each other. Like you saw in the old days, you know, back with, Richard Petty or back with Dale Earnhardt, you know, those guys would wreck each other coming to the line. And that's awesome. That's what people want to see. That's why people were fans of Dale Earnhardt is because he'd come up in the last lap. If you were in front of Dale Earnhardt on the last lap, you just knew you weren't going to win the race. You knew you were finishing towards the back because you were going to get dumped. And that's just why everybody loved Dale Earnhardt. And that's why NASCAR, when it was in its prime, people just loved people came down. That was one of the most viewed things in in the country was NASCAR because of that. Because it was off limits, it was crazy. It was awesome, right? And I think that's what we're losing is people are getting penalized for bumping into people like that. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I would say as well, like what what makes me kind of frustrated is is that the drivers I think lost a little bit, or they're losing a little bit. Of their like personality because again, the Denny Hamlin fine, right? He gets fined for basically going on his podcast and saying, "Yeah, I you know ran Chastain up into the wall." When you know, it's like, well, <laughs> he's just basically taking care of business, he's trying to tell Chastain, I'm not going to catch you a break. When now Chastain is like, I don't know, three and oh or four and oh, I think, against Hamlin now. Yeah. But you know, it's because even then, as I went, as I said, like with Priest, it's like he had to go on his radio and basically say, I got loose. And you know, right, Larson, went, <laughs> we, we know better, we <laughs> we saw it, you know, you intentionally got him because again, well. <laughs> You're trying to take care of business. You're basically saying, I'm not going to get messed like that. I don't want you messing with me like that. So I'm going to go put you into the wall or whatever. So yeah, I just, I wish we'd see a little bit more driver personality. It, It really stinks to see drivers, especially, um, whenever I heard William Byron say, I think her from somewhere in the industry, that you know, he told his agent or whatever, he doesn't really want to do any more podcasts or he's not going to do any podcasts in the foreseeable future because, well, he doesn't want to get penalized like Hamlin did. So, it's <laughs> yeah, it's just basically taking that, you know, that personality like we need to have more personality back is what I guess I'm
0: saying. I And this this leads to another question for Garvey, because obviously you're an active driver. We're not. We're just, you know. Fans we're just of those. Couch Chiefs. Yeah, we're <laughs> exactly, just exactly. Couch- <laughs> we're just <couch> Chiefs. So <laughs> watching the racing as it is, but I know seeing this in a big major series in America of NASCAR of the whole Denny Hamlin situation. Now, I know this isn't. Um, I wouldn't say as strict. More on your side for independence wise, or for the series that you run in. Um but my mm-hmm. question to you is: Is that I know you're you're very you're very out there on your social media. You you talk about a lot of things and you show a lot of personality. By seeing what happened on track with Priest and how he's kind of like not admitting to things and just kind of holding things back, what is your um, outlook, so to speak, on it? Because it, it, somewhere somewhere within my train of thought is you know, with drivers seeing what happened to Hamlin, you have such a restriction on who you want to be because the thing is, is that you could say one wrong move and the next thing you know, your sanctioning body could say, oh, we don't like that. We're going to bring that into question, you know? So what are your thoughts um, just in general of that?
2: Yeah, like, as you said, I think aspect of honor to it like, I don't think drivers should go around blasting every other driver all the time on social media, on this. And I think a penalty if you speak your mind on something. Like, I I never... I've never been the guy and I never want to be the guy that complains about anybody else publicly. Like, if I'm driving and I've had scenarios and issues and I've ran into things where... I've gotten into on-track quarrels. And when you get into something like that, it that stays there. That stays on the track, you know? And sometimes people bring it off the track, and that's fine, whatever. If somebody's really mad or a crew guy's really mad, that's fine. You know, you get it out, you're done, it's over, right? But you don't have to go and blast somebody on social media. And I think that's where the line should be drawn. Like, if you're talking about it in a podcast and you're like, Denny Hamlin's case, oh, yeah, I wrecked him. You know, he's talking about it. This is all part of the show. NASCAR is a big show, and everybody knows it, right? The driving's not, but everything else about it is is show business. You know, you're 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 walking billboard. I mean, that was the whole joke with Talladega Knights and Ricky Bobby. I mean, man, I love myself some Fig Newtons. You know, it's dangerous and inconvenient, but like, that's the whole joke of it. Is you're a walking billboard, so you have to hold yourself to a certain standard with sponsors and companies that you're representing and The teams that you're representing, and it's a it's a billion dollar industry. You have to hold yourself to a certain standard, but at the same time, you can't get it to so far to the point that it's just not fun to watch. And I think that's what everybody from that I've seen complains. It's like, man, NASCAR is no fun to watch anymore. It's just so boring. Is because drivers can't bump each other, drivers can't talk about each other, drivers can't fight. You'll get slammed with biggest fines, all this stuff. Like I said before, like when Dale Earnhardt was racing, that was the prime time of racing, in NASCAR at least. Because the drivers had a lot more freedom. And when you give a driver freedom, they're not gonna go around. Like you didn't see Dale Earnhardt going and blasting other drivers twenty four seven on a on a talk show or on the radio or whatever. Like, yeah, he might be eh, not talk show, though might have been a little before. I don't know. But You know what I mean? Like, he's not going on the radio or on a TV commercial and going, man, Richard Petty or whatever. Like he's out there and he drives and everybody knows he's aggressive and everybody, that's what they want to see. They want to see these drivers do these things. And like when you, when you take that element out of it, it just makes it so dry and it's so dull. And I think drivers have a lot more integrity than nascar gives them credit for and i think if we loosened up the chains a little bit and let the drivers do their thing i think that it would be a lot better than better of an outcome than nascar expects
1: man i love whenever you say that about dale earnhardt stuff because like during that time i almost think of the drivers kind of i wouldn't say like you know as movie as like actors or anything but almost like characters as part Mm -hmm. of like story a bigger broader story right because like you have Dale Earnhardt out there. He's the intimidator. He's the guy that nobody, you know, wants to really mess with. Sure, they'll go out, you know, after or during an interview, you know, somebody will ask, you know, Rusty Wallace or Jeff about Dale Earnhardt, and they'll be like, well, yeah, he raced there by, you know, kind of rough or anything like that. But at the same time, you know, would they never, you know, go pay him back? Nah, nah, that was not their thing, you know? Yeah. But, you know, whenever, you know, Dale Earnhardt would race him, of course, you know, he would be racing them hard because he knew they were going to race him hard anyway. So it's, and definitely, of course, during that time, you had some really good characters again, right? You had your Mark Martins, which, you know, who was just, he would just wear you out as the race went on. You had your Jeff Gordons, who was the young kind of kid that was coming up. Um, Golly, who else? Uh, Oh yeah. Rusty Wallace. One guy you never wanted to really mess with, but at the same time, you know, it seemed like Dale Earnhardt could kind of, Gunner's skin is a little bit. uh, You know, there were so many different, like, characters, right, looking back on it. In today's NASCAR, like, man, I would say the biggest two characters now that I can even think of would have to probably be Hamlin and Chastain. Because, I mean, Chastain just keeps getting under Hamlin's skin, and Hamlin keeps losing every (laughs) single time. And it's just hilarious at this point. Like, every single time.
2: (laughs) I think you're very on point with the characters. That is a very good way to put it because, and I think NASCAR nowadays has the same amount of talent and the same amount of characters. If NASCAR, let that be allowed, you know, like if they let a little more freedom on the rule book, because before the amount of things that these teams could create to be faster that allowed for these back of the pack teams, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but these back of the pack teams to be able to compete, you know, like nowadays where now you look at these teams there's there's just it's all money. There's no creative, you know, your crew chief can't come up with things because if they come up with something they're going to get stuck with a $400,000 fine and a 6 week suspension. They can't be creative and they can't come up with ways to make your car faster. They have to stick behind the curtain of oh, well we just have to go spend more money and buy more parts. Hey, find more money for us, find more sponsors. And I think the characters and The rule book are two of the things that, if NASCAR just loosened up a little bit, I think it would go back to what it was. If you allowed the creativity and the creative freedom without as big of a slap on the wrist, and you allowed the drivers to open up their characteristics, I think we would have those big names like Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon's and Rusty Wallace and people like that, where people really like them and they're just such colorful characters because. Right now they're so stifled they can't. I think if NASCAR allowed them to be, I think there would be a lot more of those types of people in NASCAR. Like even with the ones that we've already got, I think if they were allowed to have those colorful characters, I think people would like like drivers more. I think they would be more of like a bigger fan, you know? And I think if NASCAR were to loosen up, we would have those things that you were talking about, Levi, back in NASCAR very quickly.
0: And I feel like all of that is very true. I mean, even then the cars, you know, I do agree with your point of how th- they're mostly similar and that's a problem because it's like you back in the day obviously you you obviously knew that Dylan Hart never had the best car. It wasn't like he was part of Rick Hendrick and was just like the dominant car every weekend. He's part of R C R pretty much an old school team. Facing off against, you know, Team Penske, Hendrick Motorsports, all these other teams, but still manages to beat them, even though they have kind of the newer, fancier things. And you really don't see that as much anymore. Um, and I feel like that's something that should go back to, because it's like at the same time you come out with these newer cars and you and you do these rule changes and everything else like that all you're going to do is see the same thing all I'm going to do when I turn on the TV all I'm going to see is another dominant performance of a team who finally under, or who understands what or has is, the funding hmm, funding uh, yeah. same thing but for the most part understands what NASCAR is trying to get at and then just constant dominance right I mean it's plain and simple when you see it with Hendrick or you see it with any other team that figures it out pretty much but you know the the characters I mean obviously Levi's put it right on the money you see Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain I mean obviously I think of other people like Joey Logano I think of uh, Kyle Busch I think of several other of these guys that I grew up watching and think man you know I've always hated Kyle Busch because he's just that arrogant or Joey logano because he's just too heh, heh, you know friendly it's like <laughs> just shut up okay for once Come but
2: on. think about a world where you didn't have that exactly. you would you would there be no reason to watch you don't have somebody you're rooting against that's the best part of watching nascar or watching any kind of racing is you get to see and you get to see your driver beat the driver you dislike but there's a hundred million kyle bush fans out there that I hate Kyle Larson, for example, you know, and you see guys that are like, Yeah, come on, Kyle, and Kyle Wins this. Yeah, right? He beat my he beat the guy I didn't like or whatever. It could be with anybody. Right. Oh. And so you if there's nobody to dislike, there's nobody to like. And then when you just have a bunch of cookie cutter drivers that are just, hello, my name is Joey Logano. Hello, my name is Kyle Bush. Hello, my name is uh, Hello, my name is Uh Right. You never have that person to root against, which takes all the excitement out of the racing and any excitement out of watching racing
1: yeah that reminds me actually um i don't know if anybody caught this but evidently there was one fan uh in the stands for the bristol i think it was the truck race and he was basically just giving the middle finger to joey logano
0: i actually i've I've seen him on twitter yeah i know i know who the guy is on twitter i know who he is and literally he said (laughs) I think it was Scott McLaughlin from IndyCar he literally <coughs> said on Twitter he said yeah and this would be the same guy who would probably go up there and go ask him for an autograph and a picture and literally the guy responded back by saying yes I did actually and I was like <laughs> fair play okay Have I've seen,
2: seen this guy fun? before I watched the Charlotte Roval so I I I got to see the Charlotte Roval and from a pretty cool perspective and um I was looking down on the turn oh well it'd be the turn one on the oval i have no idea what turn that is on the oval but um when they yeah, come uh, back onto the racetrack to go through turns one and two before the bus stop um yeah we'll just go with that i think people know where i'm talking about well, there was there was that guy who was standing up the entire race i have multiple videos of him on my phone he's just sitting down there and Flips the bird every driver he does not like that drives by, and it is the funniest thing ever. I'll send you guys the video after the after we're done on the podcast, but it was I mean, really let's funny.
0: Face let's face it here. I mean, I think that guy was completely sober. I will say that for a fact. um <laughs> But I'm saying with most drunk NASCAR fans, <laughs> they flip off any driver they don't yeah. trust. Me, I've, yeah. I've seen a lot of races. Even then, the 2021 uh, Xfinity race uh in the during memorial day weekend for the 600 i literally was watching ty gibbs just dominate a race (laughs) as normal and literally there's these guys up in front of me because me and my buddies were just watching the race and they're just flipping him off and one of my friends says what's the point on that on flipping him off when clearly he doesn't care like (laughs) he's just simply gonna wind up winning the race which he did (laughs) and he actually had a Pretty good burnout compared to Larson's in 21, but regardless, <laughs> um, the uh, how did we think about that finish there between uh Bell and Reddick? I, I kind of wish it went green. So, um, if the reason why it went under yellow, just thank Chastain. So, <laughs> thanks, um, again. <laughs> thanks again. <laughs> again we, we, we thank Ross Chastain. Um, I
2: love that. I love. I love that aspect of Chastain. He brings a lot to NASCAR. And that's what people tune in to watch it. I guarantee you. There's a lot of people that watch those races to watch the things Chastain and Denny Hamlin do. You know, the viewership would be a lot less if it wasn't. But in answer to your question, that was possibly some of the best driving I've seen in NASCAR personally in years, in years. that Those last couple runs, now, coming from a driver's perspective, When you're running from somebody and you know they're faster than you and you know they're right on your tail is some of the most nerve-wracking, some of the most just teeth-chattering moments of your life. And for him to hold him off for that long under green, if you looked at the racetrack, that blacked-off part that you saw right at the top, that's all slick. If you get in that, You're gonna wind up doing a 360. You're gonna pull a Michael McDowell. If you get up in, if you look, you'll see sometimes when the camera would get close and you saw those speed shots. The quotations speed shots. Anyway, sorry, I had to throw that in there. You see that brown, lighter colored stuff at the top, and then you got the cushion in the wall. That light brown stuff is the only spot you can drive that will actually hold any grip. The only two people that were to, were able to get into that spot and you could see the speed difference between those two and the rest of the field was Bell and Redick. And I think Christopher Bell definitely had a slower car, but I think that was some of the best driving I've seen in a long time. Like I said, being able to put it that close to the fence using the fence without hooking his his right front up into it that's really hard to do to run right on the wall and drag your right rear especially in a cup car without hooking your right front up into that fence and just losing all time and Tyler Reddick tearing by you for like that many laps is seriously seriously incredible and I think that was phenomenal driving and that showed that Christopher Bell really does deserve the ride that he has I think that was phenomenal
1: Absolutely, no. Nah, he's a great driver, man. I just, you know, hate the thing that right now Joe Gibbs is kind of putting him on lockdown for dirt racing outside of NASCAR. But that's that's a discussion for another time. But anyway, Austin, I guess it's time for race picks for Martinsville, and uh, yeah,
0: yeah. We 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 talked so much, and it it just felt like we just begun. So, um, race picks for Martinsville, um. Gee, I wouldn't know who to pick. If, if <laughs> I'm definitely not picking Chase Elliott um, for his return, because uh, I feel like that's too much of a high standard to put on someone. Because really, in in an, all seriousness, if you really think that someone's gonna come back after having an injury and thinking that they're gonna win the race, unless Uh-oh. if you're like five years old, uh oh, <laughs> be realistic. Uh-oh. It ain't gonna happen. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. Maybe
2: uh-oh that was an accidental slam to levi oh boy
0: oh. Oh, Hold no. i'm so sorry <laughs> oh no okay you,
2: you were getting water and he was talking about how excited he was oh. to see Chase elliott winning the race this weekend oh that was yeah, no.
1: well, that was that was gonna be my number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> that was revenge toy all right i see uh, how it is. My all right go ahead okay.
0: Well, hey, at least I said worse. I'll be honest with you. I said that Redick wasn't going to make the playoffs, and then he's here we are points, now. By the way, he's so... fit.
1: I was going to actually call you out on that too. So yeah, take it. So
0: on, I mean, honestly, I've I've eaten my words before, but I mean, yet again, I, I've I've seen some things and all that kind of stuff. So, I think realistically for picks, um, I think Christopher Bell would definitely be a good, um, pick only because a he did win uh last time. Yeah. I think Ross Chessane would be good for riding the Kench fence again. Um <laughs> <It's only laughs> but
2: NASCAR bandit.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly. So they can't do it anymore. Point in um, case.
2: Another proof of my point. Anyway, continue.
0: Um so I think so I think here are my four picks. I'm gonna go with Christopher Bell. Um who's a good short track racer. Uh you know what? Christopher Bell. I'm gonna <laughs> go with Ryan Priest as my underdog cause
2: Whoa, that's it. a hot topic.
0: I that is I under I that's know modified I know. guys. It's yeah. a it's a very hot topic. I I think after looking at the L.A. Coliseum, I think Martinsville is definitely gonna be up his alley. Plus, he's a modified racer, so I mean, Martinsville and Priest might have something there. So, might want to keep an eye out on that. Um. Who is good at martinsville it's hard to think because it's like as soon as somebody gets pole it's just like it does not um it's just it's over from there uh i would say bell priest byron byron's a good pick and screw it we're we're taking a risk uh i'm going with uh martin Ah, that's not a bad that's not a bad choice there um i'm mostly a toyota guy for this weekend
1: I, evidently. Um, I'm going to say the guy, definitely my four guys, you're going to want to watch out for, um, Denny Hamlin. Uh, he actually went on his podcast and said that this was going to be, or whenever they record the episode, that that was going to be when the 11 team gets hot. So we'll see if they do starting Martinsville. I don't doubt it. He had a really good run in the fall race there. Um, it's just, you know, Chastain is the hail melon. Um, I'm gonna definitely say Christopher Bell as well. Uh is definitely gonna be a guy you're gonna want to watch out for after last season that really clutch championship four appearance, though. Uh his Martinsville win, of course, is definitely gonna be somebody you're gonna want to watch out for. And then for me, I'm gonna have to go with my third guy with William Byron. Uh William really had, I think, a pretty good run uh at Martinsville in the spring. Came up late, won that race, so you definitely want to keep out for him. And uh, my underdog, I'm gonna go Ryan Priest as well here. Uh, I think Priest uh, is actually one guy you're definitely gonna want to watch out for with his modified history, uh, especially with short tracks and all that. Um, I would have said Josh Berry, but since he's yeah. time, since he's you know got kicked to the curb by Chase, but my super underdog is gonna be Chase Elliott. So yeah,
0: yeah, because like honestly, if if the news didn't break this weekend about Elliot coming back, I would have really said Josh Berry only because. Red you know, short tracks. Exactly. Yeah. He's
1: the so,
2: Martinsville game.
0: Exactly. Much. I An mean, excited, shoot, yeah. he won, he won in the Xfinity series at Martinsville. So Um, kicking it down to you, who do you, who are the ones to look out for Mr. Garvey?
2: So undeniably, undoubtedly, I got Cody Ware for the win. Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh! that's a little prelude for those of you guys that stuck around, you know, that stuck around at the end of the podcast. That was a little, uh, precursor to the next couch chiefs episode. Um, oh, I'm, I'm requesting it so I can listen at work. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> hot topic. Anyway, I actually, if I had a pick, this is kind of a kind of an out there one, but I think Noah Gregson has a good shot. Wow. Um,
0: okay. He's
2: showed some speed. He's showed that he can do it. And I actually do think that he has a decent shot at winning. Martinsville's less about the car and more about the driver, and he's good on short tracks. We've seen that he's good on short tracks consistently. He's won here at Martinsville a few times in Xfinity and um i think he has a decent shot at winning here um but you know you've got your obvious ones if i have to pick four i'd say i think Gregson's up there in my in my choices to win um but i think denny hamlin he's very very good at martinsville he's always been good at martinsville and um you've got your likes here martin truex and i think kyle larson um I'd say if I had to pick those four, I'd say, was that four or three? I don't know. It's late. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, I'd say Gregson, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex, and Kyle Larson. I'd say those four. Um, If I had to pick one that I think is going to win, I think it would be Denny out of all of them. But I do think Noah Gregson has a good shot at it. And then you know Kyle Larson, he's showed speed. He's been fast and i think he's kind of annoyed with himself and he tends to drive good when he's annoyed with himself so i think he's going to show up and uh put down some good times i think he'll definitely be up there in qualifying i think you'll see the five car up in the front for qualifying and uh we'll see how he does in the race he tends to qualify better than he races but we'll see but yeah i think gregson's mark my words i think gregson's gonna have a good finish if not have a shot at winning, but I think he's definitely gonna have a good finish.
1: Interesting.
0: That was a left I was not expecting you to pick Gregson. I, I was
1: same here. I nah, that was... Surprise.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think he's done a lot of late model racing and a lot of tracks that are similar to that. As well as in Xfinity and other series, he's ran a lot of tracks similar to Martinsville as well as Martinsville. And he's been competitive. Very competitive in those. So Well,
0: um, Yeah, I think that can conclude our episode. Um, I don't think we really asked our guest about this, but since you're kind of one of the most notable ones out of our group, um, since we're ending this episode, you got any social media that they can follow you at? And if so, where is it? And um, (laughs) also, do you have any races coming up that the good people of Couch Chiefs can go and watch your race?
2: Yes, actually. So um, if you guys want to fo- follow me on social medias, um, I've got all my social media links in my website, and that's just my name, so www.evangarvey.com. Um, my socials are easy. It's For Instagram, it's evan underscore garvey. For Facebook, it's evan underscore garvey. For Twitter, it's evan underscore garvey. And for TikTok, it's evan underscore garvey so if you have a hard time finding any of that like i said you can go to my website at www.evangarvey.com and one other thing i'd like to sh- I'd like to shout out there i've got um a couple of pretty cool little sponsors we're gonna do our sponsored moment of the podcast got um scott Lynch media if you guys do want to get into racing or you guys are in racing and you guys need somebody to help you out with sponsors, to help you out with website design, to help you out with graphics, things like that. Even you guys in the Couch Chiefs, if you ever want to get a website or things done like that, check out Scott Lynch Media. He's tagged all on my race car. He's tagged in my socials, all kinds of stuff. You guys can find him very easily. He's the best of the best, and he was on, um, he used to be Ron Horner Day's webmaster. So, like I said, check out Scott Lynch Media, and same with Gilbert's Drivelines. If you guys need a drive line, you blow up a drive shaft, anything like that, check out Gilbert Drive Lines. He'll get your stuff back to you as quick as you'd ever believe, and he's the best in the market. He's um, genuinely the most accurate drive shaft repair in the entire United States. You can get it down to the most fine, like minuscule. It's like down to like zero point zero 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 one of an inch. It's incredible, and he gets done in like a couple days and shipped back to you in a couple days. It's awesome. Um, Bilstein shocks and Racing Electronics. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it, and thank you for letting me do my little sponsor pitch at the end. I appreciate it.
0: So, those next <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> if we ever get a sponsor on on this podcast, I will make sure to hit you up and be like, "Hey, can you just, in that tone, just get, just read out our sponsor?" <laughs> I, I will definitely hit you up on that.
1: Like he's a professional race car driver or something, man. I don't know. That's <laughs> crazy.
2: It's crazy. <laughs> I love
1: it, you know? <laughs> there you go. Well, for our little own sponsored segment right austin check out our discord right the
0: couch yeah our discord uh discord wait
2: wait 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 wait, wait. i got gotcha. you
0: oh gotcha. my god
2: you ready here we go here we go got it and welcome to the welcome to the booth ladies and gentlemen we have the couch chiefs podcast if you guys want to be in the best racing diecast fan discord you can find join the couch chiefs podcast discord also go check out their spotify couch chiefs podcast and you guys can go ahead and get some of the best content you could ever see or hear dang it i didn't practice that one
0: this is just this is
2: ball. all off the top of the head ladies and gentlemen
0: yep. <laughs> see? Hey, sponsors you listening it, it works i'm just saying it does work Yep, uh, and
1: also the last thing as well before we head off as well is also you can join the Couch Chiefs' official race picks league as well. Uh, we got that to where make sure you just go in the Discord to say you want to join or whatnot. I'll get you in that as well so you can have some fun doing some race picks with us and all that. Our first playoff race starts at Indy, so make sure you get in before then because after that, well, you're basically screwed I winning a trophy, nice trophy. So, yeah, make sure you get in before then, and, yeah, we'll have some fun.
2: And I'm and taking my win with Noah Gregson for the record. So y'all better come in and pick a better driver than Noah Gregson for me. Because I, uh, I think I'm winning this one.
1: I, I, you know, I may just pick Noah Gregson in our league.
2: Just to, <laughs> just
1: to see if it works. Just Do it. it hey,
2: works. listen, I better get credit if you win it. Because I'm telling you, you bro. Have,
1: you know, better. I may. I may. I may have to give you some of our... Well, no, we don't earn anything from the league. I uh, get to go uh,
2: stand there with the trophy. I'll, go, I'll, I'll take the picture with you with the trophy. With the
1: trophy. I, yeah. I got
0: a legit trophy sitting in my room right now. So if you, like, one day we just all meet up, let's just take a picture with the trophy and just say, I told you so. Exactly. Listen,
2: listen, listen. If Noah Gregson wins this race, and we'll take a picture with that trophy, and all the stories on all my social medias, you guys will see a picture. And if you didn't watch the the Couch Chiefs podcast, you won't know what it's about, but you'll see a picture of me holding a trophy standing next to Levi and Austin Summers holding a trophy. And you won't know why, but if you're an OG fan and you listen to this podcast, you'll know why. And now here, I'll, I'll even take it a step further. DM me and you'll get a piece off of my race car. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and you'll Man, get a piece of sheet metal off my race car.
0: I wanna see this yes, happen right yes. now. So
2: shout out anybody, Noah Gregson. If you win this race, anybody that DMs me knowing what this what that photo is from, you get a piece off my race car. You get a piece of sheet metal off the race car.
1: So what happens if he wrecks out of the race? Like do do is there like a losers thing? Is there a
2: <laughs> if they just DM me? Okay. Okay, okay. Oh, that, that's it, hard. I got to think, yeah. No. Yeah, exactly, because I mean, like... You know, okay, if I'm he wrecks out of the race, if me. he wrecks out of the race and somebody DMs me, they buy me a piece for my race car. Ooh, that's like even better. <laughs> better. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: So somebody's going to be going broke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but if Noah Gregson wins and I post that picture, if you DM me, you let me know you get a piece off a of dirt late model that was race ran in the Lucas Oil late model series you get a piece off of that race car uh body work so
1: couch chiefs exclusive offer right there for you Matt. yes
2: signed by me austin summers and levi <laughs>
0: you know what bet i i will literally do that that sounds great Anyways, i'm bro, hoping that, gregson that,
2: wins that's... if gregson wins i'm gonna lose my mind That'd be right. awesome. <laughs> I actually
0: <laughs>
1: anyway austin take it away buddy <laughs>
0: Anyways, got to end the episode because, man, we've done this for an hour. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen. That is our Bristol episode. Uh, Martin Zul is next week. So go Noah Gregson from here at the Couch (laughs) Chiefs and Evan Garvey because he really wants to prove us right (laughs) and all that good jazz. So uh, thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll catch you next time.